Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks go out to Jose Cruz. He'll be engineering the show today. Hey, have you taken time to join the I Work For Him Nation? Every day we get new people joining the nation. And here's what we're looking for. We're looking for Christ followers that are just willing They're just willing to be willing to be used by the Lord in their workplace. And it starts by being willing to pray for those coworkers and employees that you work with by name each and every day. We're looking for people who are willing to serve those that they work alongside. We're looking for those Christ followers who are willing to befriend the people that they work with each and every day outside of the workplace. So you have an opportunity to actually let them know who Jesus is in the flesh, when you live out your faith in front of them. We're looking for Christ followers who are willing to take the, the, the bold step when they notice somebody's down to say, hey, what's going on? You seem a little down today. And you listen to the response and then you say, hey, can I pray with you about that right now? I've never had anybody tell me, no, no, you can't pray with me. But all along, we're looking for Christ followers who are willing to put their faith out there and, and to live boldly but be excellent in their work, to be a standard bearer of excellence in their position, in their workplace. That's what it means to join the I Work For Him nation. Go out to IWorkForHim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. And click on the I Work For Him nation flag and join the I Work For Him nation tonight. IWorkForHim.com. Join the I Work For Him nation tonight. And we'll be sending out bumper stickers. We're getting them ordered, and we're on our way to getting those out to you sometime before the middle of May. We ought to have them out to everybody that's joined the nation. But it does take a paradigm shift in your minds. Romans 12.2 says this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And it really does take that paradigm shift. It really does take us living out our faith live and in in real life in order to really make an impact in a workplace. Go out to I Work For Him. Join the nation today. You know, every day I try to bring guests on that will inspire you, whether they've written a book or maybe they lead a ministry or maybe they're business people that just have a testimony to share. And I heard about our guest's testimony about two months ago, and I said, wow, there's a guy I really need to have on the air. Then it turns out he's friends with a lot of friends of mine, so then I got to really verify his background, that he's really solid. But I'd just like to welcome Dean Burnside with Good News Pest Solutions to iWork for him. Welcome, Dean. 
Hey, Jim, thanks. Great to be here today. Yeah, when I found out, though, the friends that you've got down there in Sarasota, Bradenton, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, maybe, I don't know. But no, I'm just kidding. It, it was, it's, always <laughs> good to, it's always good to see how the Lord networks us all together. Hey, I, I picked out a, uh, a Bible verse for you today from Leviticus. It says, all the winged insects that walk on all fours are detestable to you, yet these you may eat among all the winged insects which walk on all fours, those which have above their feet jointed legs in which jump on the earth. Those of them that you may eat are the locusts and uh, crickets and grasshoppers, but all other winged insects which are four-footed are detestable to you. You know, since you're a pest control guy, I figured you should have a scripture verse to go along with what you do. <laughs> well, that's a great one. We often refer to uh, Genesis one twenty eight that says that we're to have dominion over all the crawling creatures of the earth. So we... we uh, <laughs> We tend to use the dominion mode rather than uh, the eating method. We're, we're we're rather not that into eating insects. Although grasshoppers, although grasshoppers dipped in chocolate can be pretty decent. I'm pretty sure anything dipped in chocolate is pretty decent. I, I don't really know that there's any limit on that. But All right, so as I ask this question of every guest on my show, talk to me about how Jesus Christ is making a difference in your life today. Wow. That is the question, isn't it, that uh, we all want to have a great answer for, because one day we're going to stand before him, and he's going to say, hey, how'd you do with that opportunity I gave you? Um, and honestly, Jim, it's quite the foundation of the motivation for what I do every day as a business leader is to hear the well done. One day I actually have it right on my desk on a plaque, that scripture that says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Matthew twenty-five, twenty-one. It's sitting right on my desk every day to inspire me uh, because Christ has made the difference in my personal life. In my testimony, uh, kind of grew up in a Christian home. My great-grandfather was a uh, church planting evangelist in upstate New York. My grandfather uh, led all the worship in the church I grew up in. My dad uh, took over doing that once my grandfather became a snowbird to Florida. And then in my lifetime, I've also been a worship leader in church. And now it's kind of cool. My, my son is a fifth generation in our family to do that. But God gave me a platform to minister from in church growing up. I saw exactly what that was all about. But uh, like many church kids do, even though we're there every time the doors are open in my teen years and, and uh, early college years, I uh, I thought I was smart enough or uh, what, I, what I say now, um, <laughs> big enough to tell God to hang out and wait for a while because, uh, you know, you, you, you hang out on the shelf. I know that's the right way to live. I'm going to commit my life to you when I'm an adult and get married and have kids of my own. But for a while, I'm going to kind of try this other path that, that I've been told not to follow most of my life by my family. All right, we've got a local guest today. We're talking today with Dean Burnside with Good News Pest Solutions. And he's out of the Sarasota, Bradenton area. And he's friends with some friends of mine who said, listen, Jim, you need to bring him on the air. He's got a story to tell. No, he's not a per picture-perfect Christian, but he's got a story to tell. Here's a guy living his faith out in the pest control world. And so I kind of joked about it. I was like, listen, he's killing pests and protecting God's creation all at the same time. I thought that'd be really interesting for us all to hear because an, every business owner out there like how do i do this how do i make it work well everybody's solution is the best for everybody but dean burnside's is working for him 
Dean, as you were telling your story, and I'm sorry I'd interrupt you, but we had to go to break. As you were sharing that you kind of put God on the shelf and said, okay, I'm going to get back to you. I got some things I want to do. And, and thankfully, he had the grace to allow me to. Um, Jim, it was uncanny. I, I did go through a series of circumstances my senior year in college, including a car accident that should have taken my life and falling in love with a gal who told me, she wasn't going to spend the rest of her life with a guy who wasn't a Christian and didn't see that many of those values in my life at the time. And until she did, I might as well stop talking about us in the future. <laughs> so God used uh, a near-death experience and uh, the girl of my dreams to just hit me between the eyes and say, hey, it's time to come home. And as clear as you're hearing my voice now, I heard God say, Dean, it's not your life to put me on a shelf because you don't even know where you'll be tomorrow. And that got my attention, and I I never looked back since. I, I recommitted my life to Christ. I just surrendered everything to him and said, okay, I'm, I'm yours. What do you want to do now? Then he allowed me to get into the business world, and as a partner in a business uh, with, a, with a Christian guy that then retired soon after we became partners, uh, God put it in my hands and said, I've now given you a platform for ministry. And, and back to my upbringing, I knew exactly what a platform for ministry was, being involved in, in worship uh, leading. However, I didn't know what it would look like to run a business doing that. So I got in touch with a couple guys that were mentors in my life that I, I can never thank enough, but introduced me to the C12 group, which is a, a group of uh, Christian CEOs that uh, meet on a monthly basis and, and in between to to put feet and arms and hands and <laughs> mission statements and value propositions uh, to our businesses that use them as a platform to reach people for Christ. So I certainly appreciate God giving me a second chance and calling me into a full-time ministry that we run as a pest control company. That's cool, and we're going to hear more about that. So talk to me about, you've been married to Terry for 34 years. Was she the woman of your dreams that, you, that told you, hey, pound sand unless you're going to become a Christian? <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah, next month will be 34 years, uh, 30, 35 plus a year ago that she told me that. <laughs> I like I like that. i got to meet her someday. So talk to me about your marriage. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I love, I, I, because you know what, she made she made a phenomenal choice. Because a somebody being unequally yoked in in a spiritual level in a marriage relationship is extraordinarily difficult and is in his life a life of misery ahead. So you're 34. You'll be 34 years next month. You said uh, being mm -hmm. married to Terry. Talk to me about what has kept your marriage going all these years. Wow, that's a great question. Um, remarkably, it, it it is centered in Christ. Um, I don't believe if I wouldn't have recommitted my life to Christ and, and followed him all these years that we would still be together. But uh, when you grow toward Christ together, of course, there's that triangle that her and I are at the base, and if we're both growing toward God at the top, we're also growing closer to each other. Uh, so our, our walk with Christ certainly uh, has been the, the, the center of our marriage. We're also quite involved in our, our local church. We, we believe strongly in the local church as, as God's expression of his love to the community. And uh, we both had the pleasure of being involved in uh, ministry through the church. And, and right now we're, we're doing some things together around our uh, the prayer ministry at our church and disciple-making. Uh, so what's so the that, name of your local kind of, church? Uh, it's called what's... the 360 Church. 360, 360 Church. It's in Sarasota. And is that in Sarasota? Is that in Sarasota? Okay. It is. Sarasota. Okay. 
Uh, is there, do you know, do you know their pastor. website? I, I always love to give a good plug for a great church. 360 yeah, the, Church in Sarasota. What's the, what's the website? It's actually the360church.com. Yeah. Wow. Okay, very original. The360church.com. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, the360church.com. So the, That's the, pretty uh, cool. The other foundation to staying together this long, obviously, is open communication, uh, trust. If, uh, if a relationship isn't built on trust, you don't have much of one. So building, uh, when, when our two sons both got married and left the nest uh, when we were, quote, empty nesters, we made a commitment to something called us-ness. <laughs> we're going to work on us. Uh, you know, we were a family before we ever had kids, and then we raised kids for 20-plus years. And uh, now it's just her and I, but we're still a family, and we, we saw the importance of taking time to work on us uh, now that we're we're not parenting kids in our home any longer. So that, It is a uh, shift, though, isn't it? That... Oh, yeah, it's a very intentional shift. And we see, unfortunately, way too many peers, friend, friend group uh, in our age group that once the kids leave, it's like they don't know what to do anymore, and they can drift apart. And we've unfortunately seen some even even split. But we uh, we saw that happen in a couple lives, and said, "Hey, we we don't want that to happen. So let's get intentional about working on just you and me, babe. <laughs> What's that look like? We got a whole right. season. Let's go. Yeah, and you can start singing the Sunny and Share song. I got you, babe. That's right. Okay. <laughs> And you may you may wonder why I was asking you that question on a, on a workplace ministry, a marketplace ministry radio show, and and I just want to explain it, and especially for our listeners, is every day our relationships and our lives, wherever they may be and whatever status they may be in, that impacts everything we do all day long. And if our Absolutely. marriage relationships are struggling, we struggle at work. And if a marriage relationship is great, we have a lot easier time doing our work. Uh, and you can get through the roughest of times when your relationships are solid and steady. And and what you just said was very, very powerful. You've been working on it, and when you got empty nesters, you're like, okay, we're, we got to be really even more intentional. My, Martha and I are in the same spot. Our kids are grown and gone, and they're across the country. None of them even live near us. So it's like, okay. We've got to really work on this, uh, but it's it's good, and and it's good well, to be sure. able to mentor others. I'm certainly a believer in the action behind every great man is a greater woman. <laughs> she, Amen to that. She is phenomenal. I, I, I would not be able to do what I'm doing without her, that's for sure. All right, so give me an answer to this question. How does your work give you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of the world? You're a pest control guy. How does yeah. your work give you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of this world? It happens on two levels, Jim. Uh, one would be in the workplace itself with our team. Uh, I'm the I'm the head shepherd of our multi-denominational flock here, and uh, I'm the chief ministry officer. So uh, it is common that I have opportunities to have somebody walk through my door and close it behind them and say, "Hey, can we talk?" <laughs> you know that that moment where you just see, "Oh boy, uh, I'm taking off my boss hat and putting on my." Uh, my shepherd hat, and uh, grab my staff and and, uh, and try to try to help with some comfort. But there are plenty of hurting people right here in our own mm-hmm. family. What I what I call our team members, our family, and uh, it it is a privilege, honestly, to have the opportunity to pray with them for them. Uh, I get very personally involved in in all of our team members. I know all their their kids and their names and get to uh be very involved in their lives on on a in a prayer basis every week we uh we do have a corporate chaplain that comes every Thursday morning and we pray together and for known needs 
the other area that we really get a unique opportunity is in the marketplace itself. You know, we we have the privilege of going into people's homes that would never darken the door of a church or come to a Christian concert. I mean, they're just not interested. Eighty uh, percent of our culture don't even attend church regularly, so they they're not going to come to church to to get any kind of uh, relief or comfort. But guess what? They have bugs. <laughs> we live in a tropical climate, and they yes, need we do. what we do. They have bugs. So we get invited right into their living room. And so we often will see people that have a cast on their arm. They'll they'll reschedule appointment because they're saying they're going to their doctor for chemo treatment. You know, hey, I can't do Tuesday. Could you do Wednesday? I've got... I've got to go have surgery. You know, they'll just volunteer some sort of need in their life as it relates to us coming to their home to do service. And that opens the door widely for us to just say, oh, wow, really, you're having chemo treatments. That, that must be really hard. Can we can we pray for you? You know, we do that here, and we'd love to pray for you. And as I heard you say earlier, you know, how often does somebody say no to that? Like, never. <laughs> never. That's right. Wow. Never. You, know, you, you, you would do that? You would care? My bug man cares enough to pray for me? Really? It, it actually kind of blows their mind most of the time and, and does a pretty good job of building customer loyalty. But yeah, they, it does. Uh, so, so we have opportunities to go right into somebody's home who wouldn't normally avail themselves to any kind of spiritual input. And uh, often, if we're if our antenna are up, no pun intended, uh, the uh, the opportunity is there often to to either pray right there with them or at least to ask them if we can pray. Awesome. Okay, so you're not only killing the bugs every day, but as you said right before the break, you really look at your workplace like a ministry field. You you've got a ministry with your employees, and you've got a ministry with your uh, with your customers who let you into their homes to kill their bugs and, and right. uh, that you get to go in places where church people would never get to go yeah honestly I, I think it's uh, more of an opportunity than most churches have we have over 9,000 customers and there's not a wow. church in in our local area that have that many uh, people that attend their church so we actually have a broader market to to reach than than all the churches in our area, uh, in any single congregation. But we have uh, just such a, I think it was Henry Blackaby that said that the American marketplace is the next great mission field. You know, there's more of an opportunity right here in the United States without ever having to leave our borders. Uh, you don't have to go on a mission trip to Africa, you know, which I have. <laughs> you don't have to go to the DR, which I have. You don't have to go to Eastern Europe, which I have. Uh, but we can minister right here in our backyard to the people every day who are hurting, who need Christ's love, who who need to be transformed, not just informed. And uh, we're we're on a mission to do just that. As a matter of fact, the motto and the mission of our company is to share God's good news while solving pest problems with green solutions. And so we we put it right out there every day in our marketing and our advertising and on our business cards on everything that goes out. Uh, of course, it's implied in the name. Good news. If if people are familiar that the good news means the gospel they they get it if you will it's not so subtle but uh even if they don't understand get the connection between the the gospel and and good news they certainly see it as something positive and might even ask so what's the good news oh <laughs> we, that'd be a great question wouldn't it yeah that's a little bit of a door opener <laughs> so and, you uh, said good go ahead no i just I so we were very intentional about changing the name which was 
uh, named after the the founder for year over 20 years, and then uh, about five years ago we had a I'll say a calling uh, epiphany from the Lord at one of my C12 meetings. One of my uh, good friends and mentors looked right at me and says, "You know." Sounds to me like you're always giving people good news through your business. Why, why aren't you the good news company? And it might as well have been God's voice himself saying, you're supposed to be the good news company. So we did change the name about five years ago. And ever since, Jim, it's just opened so many doors that that people ask us that question virtually every day. What's the good news? Or why are you good news? Or why did you change your name to good news? And it just opens the door to a great conversation. Well, and you, I love that. And I'm, I'm thrilled to death that people are asking you that question uh, because it is an, an absolute door opener. I want to step back to something you said a second ago. We, the mission field is wide open here in the United States, and you don't have to go, you said, Eastern Europe, the DR. They don't have to go to Africa to do missions. Yet you have. And it's impacted your life. I think that everybody should go on a short-term mission trip because it was a paradigm shift in your life, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, and I would concur with you 100%, especially uh, youth, teenagers. Uh, my goodness, uh, our kids don't even know how good they have it until they've gone to a nation that doesn't have it that well. And uh, both of our sons were impacted dynamically when they went to the Dominican Republic with our youth group from our church when they were you know, in high school. And uh, like you, I would recommend everybody go at least once on a short-term mission trip out of the country just to see what what real life is uh, other than on American soil. Yeah, it's so powerful. And I, I never would have understood that until I, my wife had been on the mission field for a year in high school, right before we met. But the first time I we went to the DR, I'm like, ah, I now understand why people's lives are being transformed because they all of a sudden see the reality of poverty, which represents 90% of the globe. I mean, it, it's such right. a huge deal. So you were in furniture sales before you went into <laughs> bug control. How did I mean I, I I how did you move from furniture sales to bug control? I know it's a few years ago, but that's a pretty big shift. And you've stayed with bug control, so it must have fit. But how did how did God move you? It was actually uh, an opportunity with a friend. I, I was in sales. I probably had six or seven different sales opportunities in my first eight years out of college. I, I knew I was a pretty good salesman. I liked uh, meeting people. I was I was relational. I had some some uh, some good training, but I I kept searching for what's the best thing to sell <laughs> and uh, what do I have a passion for. And a friend of mine was in the pest control business with his father, and they were expanding their company. And honestly, he he basically presented me with a, a sales opportunity that looked like I'd like it better than selling furniture. It was just kind of the next step in, in my sales uh, career. Uh, something that sounded easy to sell because people needed it instead of having to create a need or, uh, which I had been in the insurance business and some other, uh, industries, um, that it, it seemed like half of the battle was to convince somebody they needed what I was selling. <laughs> in the pest control business, that's not an issue. <laughs> people have bugs, like I said, and they, they need what we do. So it was just really, uh, uh the next progression in a sales career. And like you said, it's stuck. I, I think uh, the excitement of selling a service that somebody needs and the, the the relational side of the opportunity to be trusted by people to come into their home, we're, we're trusted at a higher level than virtually any other service. I mean, we literally have uh, access to people's homes when they're not even there. 
we we're in people's homes when they're still getting ready for work in the morning. I mean, it, it's pretty remarkable what people entrust to us. Uh, of course, I think that's another reason for our success is that we're operating the business based on biblical principles, uh, one being integrity. What do you do when no one's looking? And I think people connect with our values, our, our core values, in a way that allows to, us to build trust extraordinarily and, and allows them to trust us in their homes, even if they're not there sometimes. Yeah, no, that's powerful. We're talking today with Dean Burnside from Good News Pest Solutions. He's out of Sarasota, and as he said, he's got 9,000 clients and those 9,000 clients are bigger than any of the churches except for maybe one in Tampa Bay. And he's got an opportunity to bring church to them each and every day through his service people. Dean, as I was listening to that last commercial, which we will not give them a free plug, but if you had a catchy radio you know, tune, maybe that would help you be 18,000 customers because all you have to do is have a tune that you can't get out of your head. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'm not volunteering to sing or anything like that. But boy, if you came up with that, we'd love to have you advertise and I work for him. So let's go back to how you, you, you're a pest guy. You're killing things. It's your job to to rid people's houses of unwanted pests, whether those are four-legged furry things or slithery kind of things or buzzy kind of things that build nest places or, or maybe things that love to eat wood. Here's, here's the deal. I, I grew up in Minnesota where Pest control, I, it's called winter because the, frog, <laughs> the only thing they do pest control for is to put uh, pills in the lakes to kill the mosquito eggs kind of a thing. Because other than that, there's we. I never had a – I never saw it. I didn't know what termites were. And, and palmetto bugs or cockroaches, what they really are, those are um, – we didn't have those. And if you found one in Minnesota, man, it was a really damp place that never got – cold which that's a very hard to find a place like that in minnesota you did have rats here and there, but i mean it's a great place but do not plan on relocating minneapolis i think you'd struggle so <laughs> well i'll tell you i do have a friend up that way that's doing over two million dollars a year in just bed bug work <laughs> okay now that i would believe that because yep. that i would believe because they 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 bring a lot of where do you think all the refugees are going when they're getting yep. brought over from the Middle East, they go to Minneapolis because of all the welfare programs, and so it's a great place to land. And uh, unfortunately, that is something that happens in the Middle East. The bed bugs—they just bring them over and they hide wherever you go. Yeah, uh, and I know a, that the bed bug problem's got. Right now. <laughs> yeah, and I know that that's got to be a big problem in a lot of hotels around the country. Talk it to is. me about how you handle pest control from a Christ-centered perspective, because you're killing stuff. Right, and that's when we first went with our uh, our green model about ten years ago. That was the, one of the first things people ask: is you know, how can you call yourself a Christian and, and you're killing stuff? You know, God God made the ants and the termites and the roaches too, didn't He? And I said, yeah, He sure did. But he but He also, like I said in Genesis one twenty eight, told us that we have dominion over those, and uh, we certainly don't want to live with them in our food supply in our uh there there are quite a few uh insects and uh both flying and crawling that spread disease and germs and things that we would find uh almost intolerable to live here if we didn't do what we do the, the pest control industry has has for over 100 years been called protectors of the environment uh because we we actually protect our food supply from insects that would uh cause a lot of it to be 
inedible if we didn't, and just the environment itself. So our our goal isn't to kill everything on the planet, certainly. Ours is just to protect your home. So we do that with uh, a product choice that uses reduced risk, minimum risk, or even pesticide-exempt products where there's no pesticide at all, but they're effective about repelling or controlling insects. So we tend to concentrate on the outside of the house. We don't hardly put anything inside someone's living space, especially people that have pets, young children, if they have uh, breathing issues, asthma, bronchial uh, issues, those kinds of health concerns. We uh, we very, very, very much limit what we would put inside someone's living space. So we concentrate on the outside, and we just... Uh, our goal is to keep them from getting in your home where you live. Uh, they're they're fine living out in the in the woods and the trees and the you know the the environment that's all around us. Uh, we they have a purpose for being there too, but we just don't want them to be in your living space. So that's our goal. Well, and, and it's a tough job. You got a tough job because um, yeah, it seems like we do a lot of things to. <laughs> We do a lot of things in Florida here to attract animals into our houses. You know, people have doggy doors for their dogs go in and out, and they put dog food right by their doggy doors. That attracts uh, four-legged pests with tails, which my wife doesn't like me to even talk about that. You know, I mean, it just seems like everywhere you go, uh, it's it's you've got battles everywhere you go. So how often do you get a chance to share the message of God's dominion over these things and how you really are bringing honor to him by what you're doing and protecting the health of people? How often do you get to have that engaging conversation with people when you're, when you're taking on new customers? Fairly frequently, we have a uh, Good News magazine that we publish uh, annually that tells our story. And we give that to every new customer, and then we give them to all of our existing customers too, just to keep up to date on on what's new and different at Good News. But the uh, the magazine gives us an opportunity to do that. We also end up distributing that at a uh, uh, several parades in the area, both during holiday parades and and in Sarasota, uh, July Fourth weekend. There's always the uh, offshore race boat uh, races are here, and one of our employees, our service manager, has. A race boat that we sponsor. Uh, so, our our theme for that is good news travels fast. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I love as, that. As we're pulling the boat down the parade path with uh, forty thousand people in the streets, we're handing them the good news magazine, and uh, that's that's another way to reach our community in a, in a very creative way. I mean, a race boat doesn't have anything to do with bugs in general, but it's a memorable. Uh, advertising method that gives us an opportunity to distribute the good news um it's right very creative streets, you know right down the, the, down the parade route it's awesome i love that all right so if i were to walk in your workplace tomorrow and start interviewing your employees how would they describe how your faith impacts how you lead hmm. well one thing is that we we pray uh every chance we get for any decision we're going to make before we make a any major decision before every one of our uh, meetings with either everybody, our whole team, or individual department meetings. Uh, we always start with prayer, often uh, also a devotion with that. And and we emphasize seeking God's wisdom above our own uh, every time we're, we're making a decision that impacts people or, or the business. Uh, that's probably the first thing that comes to my mind, Jim, is it just we, we really emphasize the importance of prayer and the and the 
priority that God is in control, God owns our business, and that uh, he's smarter than any of us collectively. And so we need uh, his wisdom. We depend on, on his spirit to uh, fill us with with his uh, His wisdom beyond our own. And I think that's probably the first thing that they would point to. All right, so then let's talk about how many employees, first of all, do you have? 34 right now. Okay, so it, that's a lot of people. So and, and you don't 30 just have trucks all, out there on the road every day. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of vehicles. How is everybody that works for you a Christian? No, not yet. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so you got some pre-Christians working for you. Okay, so yeah. those are the ones that I want you to think about now. How They're are those that are not? Field. That's right. I, be, I I agree with you. So yep. those employees that are that are working for you that aren't Christ followers yet, how would they describe how your faith impacts your workplace? Hmm. Well, I uh, just had one say something to me two weeks ago that applies to that. He, he's been here for a little over a year, and uh, he looked right at me and he says, Well, I'll tell you one thing, Mr. Burnside. I don't necessarily believe everything you believe, but one thing's for sure. You sure walk the talk. <laughs> he said uh, his experience with other Christians always hasn't been very good. Uh, matter of fact, he said, I sometimes I have a bad taste in my mouth when somebody says they're a Christian because I've, I've kind of been burned or I've had a bad experience in church growing up. And that hasn't always been uh, a very impressing thing for me in somebody's life. But now that I've seen the way you live uh, and, and you're consistent and you keep your word and you do what you say you'll do, and I'll, I'll give you this. He, again, he said, I don't believe everything you believe, but you sure walk the talk. And so I think uh, doing things like keeping your word, doing things like um, putting others before yourself, and and uh, the the other thing that makes an impression on people that are not believers yet is is how we support uh, local ministries uh, and and even worldwide ministries. But the way we help people, you know, we we actually had an employee whose sister's house burned down this past year. Uh, she lived in Alabama, and her, her, she lived in a mobile home. It literally burned to the ground. And uh, we we took up a donation, and the company, I, I said, I will match anything that everybody gives as a company. And uh, we were able to end up giving her enough money to actually have the old trailer removed and the new one brought onto her, her uh, the new site. So wow. when somebody sees that, whether they're a Christ follower yet or not, just helping people, the heart of compassion to just reach out and help the hurting, I think that makes a positive impression on everybody. Yeah, I'll say it does. So have you ever, because of your faith, had to make a decision that was painful? Has your faith caused you to make decisions that maybe as a non-Christ follower you wouldn't have made, but because you're a Christ follower you knew you needed to make a decision that was going to be a little painful? Sure, and and the pain is often re- revolves around money, Jim. I mean, the bottom line is in most businesses they want to be as profitable as possible. The the money is is the reason they're in business. Right. Uh, so there have been many times where I've made the choice to uh, I will use the phrase do the right thing for the customer, even though nobody in the building thought it was right for us. <laughs> thought we were kind of getting the short end of the stick. But we did it, even though it cost us money, because we try to live by the golden rule to do to others what you would want them to do for you. And even though it cost us money, we went ahead and did it. And 
uh, even to some objection, honestly, uh, internally every now and then somebody says, we shouldn't be doing that. They're just asking for way too much. You know, <laughs> we're getting robbed here. Come on. <laughs> and, and we've, we've done it even though it hurt a little bit. Oh, I can't imagine. Now you've got a prayer request spot on your website. I've just got a few seconds left, but how often do people actually put prayer requests out there so you guys as a team can pray? Every week. It's remarkable. We, for our first mode is our own uh, employees being in people's homes, seeing or hearing a need, or our, our customer service people on the phones. Uh, again, the, the trigger of having to move an appointment time is often related to a doctor's appointment or, or some, some emergency that happened in their lives or someone dying right. or hurt. And so we listen for those and pray. But we get we would get requests on our website even every week. It's amazing. Dean, just a practical side. You kill bugs. You keep bugs out of people's houses. You keep vermin out of people's houses. Practical spring cleaning solutions. Good. Go. You got a minute. Clean uh, around the outside of your home. That's where most of the pests live. The environment is perfect here. It's it's wet. It's green. It's lush. There's landscape. Beautiful landscape homes. Keep everything trimmed back from the house. Don't give ants, especially our number one pest, don't give them an easy access in. Put some caulking around your windows. If you can see an opening, it's a super highway for an ant. So put some caulking around the base of your windowsills. Cut your landscape back from the house. Any tree limbs that are overhanging the roof line. Clean your gutters. I just did that at my own house this weekend. <laughs> Clean the leaf out, the leaf debris out of your gutters. Just do everything you can to keep everything tidy and neat around your home, so it's not a good environment for a pest to want to be in. What do you? Who's a perfect client for you? Anybody that that owns their home and has pests. <laughs> We're really, uh, you know, honestly, anybody that doesn't want to do it themselves, a lot of what we do, a uh, homeowner can do for themselves, but maybe not at the level we do. But virtually anyone sure. who, who, who lives in Florida is a client, is a customer prospect for us. Last question. You've got a whole host of ministries that are highlighted on your website, and I just mm. got a few sec- ten seconds for this answer. How do those ministries, how do your peop- employees get involved in those ministries to help support them? Is there a connection there? There is. We're going on a mission trip to Haiti this, this coming year in September. We're taking uh, uh, ten people down to Haiti with us to Mission of Hope Haiti down there. That's one, one example. We're going to actually take some people with us. Dean Burnside with Good News Pest Solutions. Thanks so much for sharing today. Thanks for being part of our work for him. I, I, I really appreciate it. Hope someday we'll meet face-to-face. Glad to be here, Jim. Thank you very much for the opportunity. God bless you, brother. All right, thanks. Hey, thanks for tuning in today to our work for him. I hope that you heard something today that will challenge you to a deeper spot in your faith. Go out to iWorkForHim.com. Join the I Work For Him nation tonight. Make an impact in your workplace. What did you learn today that will help you understand how one guy's doing it, how one guy's actually putting his faith into action in his workplace? I heard several things, but what did you learn? You know, we heard today that by Dean, from Dean Burnside, he's got 30 guys, 30 people out in trucks going all over Sarasota, Bradenton. He's got 9,000 clients, people that may, 80% of which may never darken the doorstep of the church, but they look at their workplace like their mission field and they bring the church to them while they're killing bugs or ridding their homes of bugs or keeping bugs from going in. 
They actually proactively look for opportunities to minister to people. They're looking for ways to pray with people. They're looking for people that just need to understand the good news. And they put good news at the beginning of their business so that people will say, hey, what's that good news thing all about? It's so powerful to be intentional. What are you doing to be intentional in this fight? Because we need to remember, there's an epic battle out there for the souls of our coworkers and employees. And the enemy takes it very seriously. Are you... Dean Burnside, a good news pest solution is, let's join the team with him. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I work for him.